The Human Podcast features weekly service audio from the Unitarian Universalist Metro Atlanta North Congregation of Roswell, Georgia. Please visit us at human.org. Good morning. I must. I might just stay in the pulpit all morning because I don't have to wear my mask. <laughs> I am Shelley Negrani. I'm a member of this congregation, and I'm honored to serve as your worship associate today. Together with our minister, the Reverend Dave Dunn, our music director, Alex Peach, the tech team who makes it possible for people to watch the service via live stream, and all of the individuals who are participating in today's service, I welcome you to Unitarian Universalist Metro Atlanta North, which we lovingly call human. At human, we offer no creed or dogma. Many of us come here because here we have the opportunity to engage in an open-minded and compassionate search for truth and for meaning, being mindful of the love we hold for one another and for the world in which we live. If you are visiting with us for the first time, welcome. If you're comfortable doing so, would you mind standing and letting us know your name and where you are from? And when you do this, you can take your mask off so that we'll hear you. Do we have any visitors to my left? Hi, good morning. I'm Cassie McCullough. I've got a lifelong with you. I'm to John's Creek to look after my parents. Welcome. Many of us come here to listen to Alex, actually. Any, any visitors on my right? If you haven't already gotten a card to fill out um, with your name and address so that we can let you know what's happening at UMIN, and someone from our membership team will be reaching out to you just to see if you have any questions that you'd like answered. And if you're um, joining the service remotely, please go to the homepage of our website, human.org. There's also a visitor form there that you can fill out, and the membership team will reach out to you as well. Everyone is invited to join us for virtual coffee and conversation after the service at 10.45. That's for the people who are online, and those of us who are here in person actually get to just have coffee and make conversation. Um, The link for the gathering can be found on the homepage of our website. Have a couple of announcements. One is that after careful review, The Board of Trustees has updated our COVID guidelines to include optional mask wearing during indoors and outdoors events starting next Sunday. So those individuals who wish to continue wearing masks are encouraged to do so. If you have any questions or concerns, please contact board at human.org. 
Um, this is less an announcement than a request for grace as we work to bring this congregation back into this space. There are things that are stopping and starting, like the order of service. We're not quite sure how we'll be doing that. We don't know how coffeeing is going to necessarily, you know, we, are, we don't really have a hospitality committee yet because we haven't had one for two and a half years. Um, so we're just working through those things and we're asking for your grace and understanding as we move back into meeting in person again. And um, Ashuk Negrani has asked that I announce that he is trying to um, begin a brunch ministry for people that want to get together at 11 o'clock to go out to eat and um, fellowship. So if you have questions you can talk to, or ideas, you can talk to Ashuk. Be helpful to let him know if you're interested in that so that he can know what the numbers are like. So I invite you to settle into your chair. Take a breath. Relax your shoulders as we enter into worship. I call on our membership team to please bring up to the front of the sanctuary those who will become members of our congregation today. Those new members who have not yet done so, please sign the membership book as your name is called. Lexi Brown. Dave Pragel. David Krober. Anu Manja. Here in this church, we together seek a higher purpose and deeper life than we could find alone. We are grateful today for each one of you, that you have found your way here, and that you've decided to make a commitment of time, talent, and treasure to this faith community. We hope that as members of this church, you will allow yourselves to know and to be known, to minister to and to be ministered unto to love and to be loved by this congregation. New members, will you accept our gifts of fellowship, discovery, and service? We will. will you offer us your unique presence and gifts? Will you add your name to the long history of Unitarian Universalist men and women who spread hope with our living faith? Will you engage with us as we seek to create a community and a world dedicated to love and justice? If so, please respond by saying, we will. We will. Members of the Unitarian Universalist Metro Atlanta North Congregation, will you welcome these new members as we each were once welcomed here? Will you offer them the warmth and comfort of your fellowship? Will you seek to add your strengths and talents to the new gifts they bring us? Will you honor the changes to this place that these new members will invariably bring? If so, please respond by saying, we will. We new members, we welcome you to this community with all our hearts. Shake from the president of the congregation. Yes. Thank you. Thank you.
This morning's call to worship is, was written by Reverend John Saxton. Listen, can you hear it? The spirit is calling. It calls us in the silence and through the noise and busyness of our daily lives. It calls us in the brightness of the day and darkness of the night in times of hope and despair. Listen, can you hear it? The spirit is calling. It doesn't matter what you call it, for it has no name and it has many different names. And it's a calling to you and to me. And it's calling us to greater wholeness, greater connection, greater service, greater love. And it's calling us to hear the brokenness within ourselves and in others and in the world. Listen, can you hear it? The Spirit is calling. It's calling us to live more deeply. It's calling us to beauty. It's calling us to live through life's pain and sorrow. It's calling us to live courageously and kindly, to speak our truth and love, and to bend the moral arc of the universe towards justice. It's calling us into community. It's calling us to, into the greater life of all. Listen, can you hear it? The Spirit is calling. And now, let us light our chalice together. Our flaming chalice was first used by the Unitarian Service Committee as a symbol of refuge for people fleeing persecution in Europe. Let us light our chalice to help us remember people around the world who are fleeing persecution and resolve to be a refuge for all in need of safety and warmth of community. the time in the service when the love that binds us together is spoken aloud. If you have a joy or a sorrow that you would like to share with the congregation so that we may hold you in our hearts and grieve with you or celebrate with you, please come forward and speak your name into this microphone and share your joy or sorrow and drop a pebble into the water. My name is Susan Wilson, and I have two stones, one to honor my sister and one to honor my grandson. On Friday, my sister, who has had dementia for many years, finally died. And also on Friday, my grandson turned five. So honoring them both, and he's coming up for some chocolate cake this afternoon. Uh, early Saturday morning, our sweet, sweet Veronica was 14 years old. She passed away. Even when she was eating furniture, she was a, a dainty princess. And uh, we'll never forget all the great times we had with Veronica. Hi, my name is Jennifer Ratcliffe. I chose a shiny pebble because I'm so proud of Lexi today. <laughs> Hi.
Hi, my name is Alex Peach, and this is a um, pebble of concern um, and kind of a little bit of a sorrow. Uh, my partner, Karen Abel, um, her father, and both her mother and her father are suffering from um, a lot of things and complications that are going on. Um, they moved here from Nevada in September, and their health continues to go downhill. Um, her father has Alzheimer's, and that's progressing, but he has recently fallen a number of times. In this past week, he was hospitalized, um, had severe infection that was almost sepsis. Um, so there's, there's decisions and things that are being made, and things are happening so quickly, and, and it's just been so intense. And Dad is, um, we've chosen not to put him on a feeding tube. And um, we just know that he's gonna fall. And so they have padding around, but he is back into the living quarters of Phoenix um, Living Center. But it's just hard. So just keep Karen and her mother and her father in your thoughts. Thank you. I will drop a final pebble for those joys and sorrows that remain unspoken. Let us hold one another in our hearts until we are together again. You are a gift to so many of us. And now we will have, Randy will come forward and he will give a, a stewardship announcement. Maybe our final one? Maybe, we'll see, we'll see. Good morning. It is. This is the last time you will see me in this pulpit talking about stewardship. And this coming Thursday, will be the last day of our formal stewardship campaign. And for those of you who have turned in your stewardship forms, thank you, thank you, thank you to let you know our numbers for those people who have pledged are up from last year. So thank you. But there was an asterisk next to that that you couldn't see because we can't make asterisks appear, and that's for those who have pledged. We still have people who have not gotten their forms in, and I understand, it's hard. It's hard to make a decision when times are as tough as they are right now and we are in the positions we are right now to decide how can I give? What can I do? Why is it we pledge to this place? You know, if you look at some of our ads from some of the people that we deal with, you know, we see on TV last month was Pledge Month on public television, and they're up there. And sometimes they'll hold up a cup like this and say, is this worth one less cup of coffee a week? No. You get this cup of coffee or your gym membership or your Netflix membership because it feeds you on a certain level. And it's something you need to do you need to do. I'm not going to ask you, or this church is not going to ask you to give up your cup of coffee, or to give up your Netflix or your Peloton membership. We're not going to do it. And even those who are members of Wine of the Month Club, we're not going to do it. What I am going to do, though, is I want you to think of why we pledge. Why do we pledge to keep these doors open? 
Today it hit me between the eyes. I think back 20 years with a precocious five-year-old who couldn't sit still and ran up and down this church, was loud, would throw temper tantrums, all of those things, and today she signed that book because I pledged to this church. It's still here because I pledged. And I didn't do it for Lexi, and I didn't do it for Jennifer, and I didn't do it for Paul, and I didn't do it for the people out there who are watching us on YouTube. I did it for me. I did it because I need this place. I need to know that I can come here on Sunday morning and look out at this congregation at the people I love and know that they are here for me. And now I can look out on the camera to the people who can't make it here, to the people I love, and know that you are here. We pledge because we need each other. This building, it's beautiful. And I thank Bev every day for helping us make this happen. But the building doesn't matter. Look to your left and look to your right and look across the room. And if the cameras can maybe pan across and look at the people who are out here. And if not, I get it. You have to set things up. <laughs> this is why we pledge. It's not so, it, yes, it's so a place you can have a seat here at the table at Human, but it's so I can see your faces. It's so, it's selfish. I pledge so I know that I get to see you next week. And maybe, just maybe, in 20 more years, Ever and Reese will be signing that book. Or Lexi will be coming up here dedicating children. Who knows? No pressure, Hayden. No pressure. The fact is, it's about us. It's about who we are and about who we can be. So today, during coffee hour, I'll be standing out there waving pledge forms for those people who haven't done them yet. And this week, every day, you're going to get an email from me reminding you that Thursday is the last day of the pledge of, the, of our stewardship campaign. But I invite you to pledge not for Lexi, and not for Reese, and not for Alex, and not for Dave, but for you. Pledge for you. Thank you for honoring me with this job of being your stewardship chair this year. Thank you for human. Amen. Thank you again, Randy. On March 31st of every year is the Transgender Day of Visibility, and it celebrates trans and non-binary people, and it raises awareness of discrimination faced by trans people worldwide. This morning, I'll call on some of the members of our second hour Transgender Inclusions in Congregations class to lead us in the reading of a litany to honor this day. You have a role to play in this litany. So uh, after each line, please respond with the words, we bear witness. This was written by Amy Brooks. We people gathered here today on the quest for truth and meaning bear witness. We bear witness. To record of human lives extinguished simply because they dared to live authentically. 
we bear witness. To the lives of reported deaths of 375 transgender people globally so uh, in 2021. We bear witness to the lives and reported deaths of 53 transgender people in these United States so far this year. We give witness to the reported ones, uncounted ones, the unnamed many whose lives and deaths will only ever be known by the universe. We bear witness. In these times of heightened anxiety, we who are gathered here today reject the teachings of division and ignorance and commit to siding with love against hatred. Against closed-minded ideologies that excuse evil acts in the name of religion, we bear witness. Against any administration that seeks to fuel their rise to power by threatening the lives of transgender, genderqueer, and non-binary people. We bear witness against systematic power struggles that treat transgender, genderqueer, and non-binary people, particularly those who are people of color, as being anything less than human. We bear witness. On this day, we who are queer folk and allies gathered together uphold the first principle that speaks of the inherent worth and dignity of every person. For those transgender, genderqueer, and non-binary people who are gathered among us today. We bear witness. For those who are allied to the cause of protecting our transgender, genderqueer, and non-binary siblings. We bear witness. For those who exist boldly, unapologetically, in public space as fully authentic, transgender, genderqueer, and non-binary people, we, we bear, bear witness. witness. Sacred, transgender, genderqueer, and non-binary lives do not go unnoticed by us. We, we bear witness. Good morning. Philosopher Jacob Needleman, without the experience of deep feeling, you're likely to suffer from a fundamental sense of meaninglessness. I've seen it countless times before in the young people I've taught throughout the years. When push comes to shoves and you get down to the real question of their hearts, it's always some form of, what's it all about? Why are we here? What are we doing? Is there something that we're supposed to be doing? What kind of bad joke is it that we're living? Every human, thinks, every human being thinks of these questions sooner or later. The only real answer lies in a deep feeling that shows us what meaning is. That gives us the experience of God rather than a belief in God. When you're far from that meaning and experience, you'll be depressed. From singer Margaret Young, often people attempt to live their lives backwards. They try to have more things or more money in order to do more of what they want so that they will be happier. The way it actually works is the reverse. You must first be who you really are, then do what you need to do in order to have what you want. From Julia Butterfly Hill. 
In production-driven societies, we're tricked into believing that our true north is outside of us. We're constantly looking outside ourselves to figure out if this is the right job, the right house, the right relationship, the right subject to be studying. But our true north is invariably inside of us. When we know what it is, then instead of comparing ourselves with the outside world, we can ask, is this in alignment with my true purpose or not? Suddenly, decisions that used to take days or weeks or months can be made in moments. stories that when um, Greg Ward was a minister here that um, that young Lexi would run around and come up and sit right next to the minister while he gave the sermon and here she is doing just that I just thought of that now actually <laughs> okay let's play a game it's a metaphorical game. It's not real. It's not to be taken literally. But in, the, in this pretend game, we have a game show host for the game. Let's just, for fun, call the game show host Divine Creator. And her purpose for humanity is to create a calling, a ministry for each and every person that each and every person has a calling and a ministry of their own. And in this game, if we can sense this calling, if we can recognize it and most importantly act upon it, we can act as an enlightened humanity of sorts. And we would win this game if we all act upon this calling. We'd realize heaven on earth, nirvana, paradise, garden of Eden, a perfect, wor perfect world of love and justice, beloved community. In this game, our perfection, our enlightened humanity is inherent in our nature. But it's up to us to recognize and act upon it. So how do we do this? First, a story. Prior to becoming a, a UU minister, I was very active in my UU church in my home congregation in Pennsylvania. I taught just about every level of religious education. I taught OWL multiple times. I was a youth group coordinator of the teenagers for six years. I became chair of the Ohio Meadville District Summer Institute, which is like a northern version of SUSE UU summer camp. And then in 2000, that was in 2005. And in 2009, I became the youth group coordinator of that summer camp. That is a much harder position than running the camp itself, being the team coordinator. I was involved in an interfaith social justice uh, work for many years from the Pittsburgh Interfaith Impact Network. I served on my church's search committee. I did a lot of stuff. But then in 2010, I stopped. I stopped doing anything you you. I went to church and I paid my pledge but I didn't do anything else. I wasn't following any plan or direction. Unknowingly and accidentally, 
I find that I was beginning to listen to my own voice and to ask myself questions about myself. And I began to sense not what I would call a calling, but what I would call a gnawing inside of myself. A gnawing that had likely been there for a long time. A gnawing call that led me to UU ministry. And at that time, back in 2010, when I realized this, I remembered a sermon that I had heard about five years prior to that, like 2005. I was in bed, sick, had a fever and chills. It was a Sunday, Sunday night, and I had a radio on just giving me a, I wasn't even listening to it, just this layer of white noise while I was sick in bed. And since it was Sunday, some, some church show came on and some Presbyterian minister was giving a sermon, which I was only half listening to. But then he said something that stuck with me and I haven't forgotten. I was sick and in bed, so I wasn't writing it down, so I will paraphrase about what he said and what his point was. He said, today in our culture, many of us lead very full lives. Our lives are full of important things and not so important things. Full of our families, our work, our jobs, our hobbies, our cars, our boats, our toys, or shuttling our kids to and from soccer practice, or to and from karate lessons. Our lives are full of yard work and keeping up with the Joneses, and it just keeps, seems to keep going on and on and on. Yet despite all this, despite how full our lives are, we feel empty inside. And this is everywhere. This emptiness is everywhere. We take and we take and take in an effort to fill and fill and fill, yet at our core, we still feel empty. He continued, well, there's a cure for this. If your life is full, yet you still feel empty inside, the only way to truly fill yourself up is to first empty yourself out further. To make room for that which will truly fill and fulfill your life. So that's what this particular minister said in 2005, and I'm grateful that I was sick and in bed on that day, or else I'd have missed that sermon that struck a chord with me. Maybe this stopping, listening, and doing nothing in 2010 was my way of emptying myself out, emptying myself out to make room for what was to come, emptying out to make room for what would truly fill and fulfill my life. Artist Ran Ortner. I love the notion that you can go to an art supply store 
and by a canvas and some paints and some brushes as if it were a kit labeled masterpiece, some assembly required. From writer Julia Cameron, in filling the well, think magic, think delight, think fun, do not think duty, do what intrigues you, explore what interests you, think mystery, not mastery. Author Parker Palmer, discovering vocation does not mean scrambling towards some prize just beyond my reach, but accepting the treasure of my true self that I already possess. Vocation does not come from a voice out there. It comes from somewhere. <clears throat> it comes from something. It is not. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, out there calling me to, to become something that I am not. It comes from a voice in here calling me to be the person that I was born to be. I'm sure that my path is not the only one to follow. I'm sure that there are many paths that can enable one to find the key that unlocks your true inherent spirit, your true calling. But back to our metaphorical game, the game where we have this inherent calling, this inherent ministry of sorts. We obviously haven't won this game. Our fear, lack of awareness, insecurities inhibit us from encountering our questions, encountering our calling. We miss it or deny it. And in our confusion, we become prone to war, violence, greed, abuse, etc., suffering. Yet I've come to believe in this game, and to me it's heartbreaking, knowing that there's this magnificent, beautiful, beloved potential in each and every one of us that never gets fully realized. But it's not too late. It's not too late for any of us regardless of age, ability, whatever, not important. It is never too late to start to truly listen to your own inner voice right now. I believe the world needs us. Those, every one of us in this room and those online, that's part of my faith that the world needs Unitarian Universalists. I wish there were more of us because the world needs what Unitarian Universalists and Unitarian Universalism has to offer. That's part of my faith. This morning, we're listening to voices, many vo voices beckoning us to become, to become our true selves. And at times, though, Listening to others can be addicting. At times, listening to others can be the end in and of itself. Many of us keep searching and searching and listening. Sometimes this searching and listening usually is outside of ourselves, in books, in classes, in sermons, and it goes on and on, endlessly repeating itself. Maybe this listening to those outside of oneself brings courage and strength 
maybe. Maybe this casts but a flicker of light in our darkness. But hopefully, if you're lucky, you'll be able to stop searching and listening, outside yourself, that is, and begin listening to the sound of your own voice, your own spirit. If you're lucky, you'll have the courage to blow out that candle, that flicker of light held by others, and be comfortable in your own darkness. And maybe in that darkness, you'll begin to empty yourself out. Make room for, to listen to your true voice. And maybe you'll begin to feel the pull of gravity, the undertow of your soul pulling you back into yourself, into your inherent worth and dignity, pulling you back, revealing your true singular calling. May it help you to assemble your masterpiece, to fall in love with your life, And may you be swept away towards your true calling, towards the person you were born to be. Nurture our spirit, strive for justice, transform the world. This is our mission, and we fulfill this mission with our commitment of time, energy, talent, and resources. Individually and together, we are Unitarian Universalists, building a world filled with peace and justice, love, and joy. The offering will now be received either by the passing of the basket or using the Givelify app on your phone. Accept this sacred offering generously given by our beloved members and friends. May we use it wisely and judiciously in service to our mission and vision. We extinguish, oh, you can join with me. We all know this now, right? We extinguish this flame, but not the light of truth, the warmth of community, or the fire of commitment. These we carry in our hearts until we are together again. From Reverend Kendall Gibbons. Somewhere there is a hero, living or dead, close or distant, historical or mythologized, a hero of conscience or mercy, of generosity or duty, 
whose story whispers to your secret heart. This is the life you were made for. This is the kind of person you ought to be. Reach for this, grow into this, prepare yourself for the moment you know not when or how it may come, that you will be offered a choice between the nobility that is possible and the sleepwalking path of least resistance. Learn courage, learn wisdom, practice the highest values you know. Be ready. From artist Ran Ortner, when you ask art collectors what they're really looking for, they say they want to fall in love, they want to feel. But the academics are leery of feeling, and they make the rules, so the contemporary art world is cerebral and favors conceptual approaches. I don't oppose the emphasis on intellect and on concept. In fact, I like it very much. But I do feel the passions are underrepresented. underrepresented. Humans are deeply emotional beings. We don't rationalize our way into love. We fall. We don't rationalize our way into the richest experiences. We get swept away. I got it this time. Ralph, um, writer Albert Schwartzler. Um, therefore, search and see if there is not some place where you may invest your humanity. Close with the words of the Reverend Michelle Buhait, who says, with each day it is sinking in a bit more that this blessed life is mine. Go in peace and enjoy your week. The Unitarian Universalist Metro Atlanta North Congregation of Roswell, Georgia, thanks you for listening to the Human Podcast. Background music, courtesy of Tim Moore from Pixabay.